All right. How, how many of you feel better now than when you first got here today? How about that? Powerful time. Powerful time of worship together. And uh, let's go ahead and stand together. We're going to pray this morning. Now, let's just dig in in this prayer right now. Let's lift our hands to the Lord right now. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We're so grateful that we even can. And Lord, I thank you for this day. This is the Lord's day. And we're going to honor you, Lord. We've come to lift you up. We've come to listen up. Just a little bit as we leave here, we're going to go live it out. And I thank you that we're not hearers only. We're doers. And in the doing, we're blessed. And I thank you that you're with us in that. And Lord, here we are. We've gathered together. And I pray that, Lord, you would touch each one today, that you would encourage each one today. If there's need for healing in our bodies, I pray that you'd heal us, that, that you would help us. God, I pray that those that are addicted or bound, set them free today, God. You're able to just touch them and help them. Lord, those that have questions, they're going through things, they need some guidance, I pray that you'd be all of that and more to them. And Lord, I pray that as I teach your word today, that you would help me, that you'd anoint me. This matters. And I thank you that as your word goes forth, it's going to accomplish what you sent it out to do. It's going to prosper in the very thing that you've sent it to. And so, Lord, I just thank you in advance for all you're going to do in this time. And when everything is said and done, Lord, we want that you, Jesus, the Lord of our life, the head over all things to this church, may you be honored. May you be pleased. And may these your people, every single one of them, be helped today. That is our prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen, amen and amen. Come on, give me a great big welcome for online East Campus. God bless you. So glad you're with us. You may be seated. You may be seated. Well, last week I did a switcheroonie on you. And uh, if you were here last week, and I went over to East Campus. We were celebrating the uh, uh, second year anniversary of East. And so um, we did video here, and I went over and did live. And wonderful things going on over at East, and uh, so it was good to go and celebrate with them. And, uh, you know, I had somebody say, well, do you think Central Campus will like video? I said, they probably will, because they never look at me anyway. <laughs> You're always looking up there, so if I was here or not, I could have had a cardboard cutout, and uh, you wouldn't have known the difference. Well, we're in a series called Anchored. Everybody say Anchored. Anchored. And we're talking about a biblical hope, and just by way of just a real brief uh, uh, review. Biblical hope is just this confidence, and it's a confident expectation that God is faithful. Everybody say God is faithful. It's just that not just based on what he's done, but it's like what I'm facing. I know he was faithful. We've been putting it this way. He did, he does, he will. And so it's like whatever you're facing, whatever's coming up, whatever you're dealing with now. I've talked to numerous people coming and going from service today, and we had this happen and this happen, and, you know, things happen. And I just want you to know God's faithful. And, and just take a little time. Just hang on. Don't panic. Keep that hope because that hope, that kind of hope, is the anchor for your soul. And if you don't have that anchor, you're going to float away, sweetie. You know, and we get caught up in the wind and the waves and and all of that, and so this is the anchor that we need for our soul. Well, I want to talk about another brand of hope today, and it's what we call blessed hope, and so I'm going to go right into Titus chapter 2, Titus chapter 2, and it says, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared 
to all men, all people, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age. Looking for the, come on everybody, blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. Speak these things, exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no one despise you. Can I give you my take on let no one despise you? It means that even if somebody else doesn't believe or takes exception with what you believe, I don't care. See, we're living in a day where we're getting bullied in so many different ways. Well, you can't say that, you can't do that, never do this, never go there, you always gotta go there, and this is how you say this, and if you don't believe that, you know, and it's like there's tolerance for everything except believers. And I'm just kinda, you know, we're the only ones, honestly, I don't say this privately, we're the only ones who have any eternal truth. And you're not gonna shake it out of me and you're not gonna shake it out of you. And so it says, let no one despise you. Don't let anybody look down on you. In other words, it says, you know, I've got this settled in my heart. And so if you don't believe it, I do, I do. And it's time for believers to be a little more strong than they've been being with that, amen? I said, amen. Hey, speaking of, speaking of amen, we sang amen quite a bit this morning. I call for amens. Do you know what amen means? It means so be it. Let me, let me bring it up to today. It means so be it, but it means this, let it be that way in my life now. And it's like not just receiving like this, it's like grabbing hold of that you know, for our lives. So that's why we say amen. Well, when we talk about the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of, of Jesus, we are talking about, you ready? The rapture of the church, the rapture of Christians and believers, such an exciting topic. Now, let me go back, and I'm thinking in my own life and in you know, my own Christian journey, there have been all kinds of movies, all kinds of books. Most of them are designed to scare the eebie-jeebies out of you. <laughs> Any of y'all ever had the eebie-jeebies? All right. And, and it was just used kind of uh, almost in a way that I've, I feel long, long-term has been counterproductive. And so I, I feel like this has to be presented in a right way. This is our blessed hope, y'all. This, this is not a scare kind of thing. This should bring great comfort. This should, this should really motivate our lives in a whole lot of ways, the rapture of the church. Now, how many of you pretty much know what the rapture of the church, the rapture of believers are? Let me go ahead and see your hands. Okay, good. All right, and then there's no shame in this at all. And if you're not really sure what that is, let me, let me see your hand as well. We've had hands every sort of, good, good, good. And, and so that's why we come back and, and teach on this. And I'm a, very excited to teach about this. Matter of fact, I was just gonna teach just today on it. And uh, the last week or so as I've been really, really digging in on this, I, we got at least two weeks on this, okay? And it's gonna be well worth our time. So the rapture of the church is the next event in the uh, last day's timeline. And what the rapture is of the church, of believers, of Christians, um, we are removed from the earth, okay? We're removed from the earth and caught up in the air to meet Jesus. Now hang on with me. We're removed suddenly from the earth, caught up in the air to meet Jesus. Let's read a little bit more about it in 1 Thessalonians 
chapter 4, verse 15 through 17. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive, okay, and remain until the, until the what? Until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. And that's not those who skip church today, okay? That's those who are dead in Christ, okay? So that means that their death is not forever. It's, it's dead in, in Christ. They are asleep. Go ahead. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Now, let me just stop for a second. To be absent from the body is to be what? Present with the Lord. So their spirit is already with the Lord, but the body is very important, y'all. It's very important in this. And, um, and for all end times as well. And so the body, and whether you got eaten by a lion or you were cremated or you had you know, a royal funeral or whatever it would be, um, he is going to regather your body from the dust you came. And so he gathers and uh, a glorification happens. We'll talk more about that in the weeks to come. Go ahead. Then we who are alive and remain, so we're, we're the second crew, shall be, come on, caught up, and we're going to come back to this man. We'll be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Come on, y'all. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Is that all of that? Yep, that's it. Okay, so let's go back to verse 17. Can we do that? Verse 17. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and thus we shall always be with the Lord. So one way or another, you're gonna get out of here. And you're either gonna die or you're gonna fly. I really wanna do the fly thing, come on. Anybody with me? Either way, it's good. Either way, it's really quick and it's, and it's good. But this is, like I said, this is the next event in the last, last times, last days um, timeline. So this word caught up here in the New Testament Greek is the word harpezo, harpezo. You don't have to remember that. And then through the Latin and eventually getting to us, we get the word rapture. This word rapture is not in the, in the Bible, but the meaning of it is um, that's our current modern day word. In the Latin, it's rapatio. And then that eventually gets to us as raptures, 14 times uh, in the New Testament. It has four meanings, four nuances of meaning. All of them apply to this rapture that we're talking about, this blessed hope. So let's look at the meanings. All of these apply to this being caught up, to carry off by force. There won't be this tug. It won't be like, well, that boy's bigger than the rest. It won't be any of that, okay? So to carry off by force. Secondly, to snatch away speedily, and we'll see how fast here in just a moment to claim for oneself, and this last one, very, very important, to rescue from danger or destruction. It's very, very important in this. All of those apply to this and our blessed hope in this rapture of believers. So there have been some previous raptures. Back in Genesis chapter five, we have a, a, a man named Enoch, and Enoch walked with God, and then God took him, and he was no more. So he didn't die, he, God just kind of caught him up, took him away. One day we'll get to talk to him. Then there was Elijah, the, pro the great prophet Elijah, 2 Kings. And uh, we find that Elijah 
God saw fit to just catch him up as well and actually sent a chariot of fire for him and took him out of the way. And the people who knew him then after that happened, they're like trying to figure out what happened. And it says, let's go look for him because maybe the Lord dropped him off in the mountain. Seriously. And so they went and they looked and they did not find him. Well, guess what? When this happens, they're going to look for us too. They're going to look for us too. And they won't find us. And I'm sure somebody's going to come up with some statement. Well, this is what happened to all the Christians. <laughs> Fake news. I, I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <clears throat> and then in Acts chapter 8, look at this. Acts chapter 8. Let, let me set this up. There is uh, one of the disciples. His name is Philip. And this is after Jesus has gone on to heaven. We're in the book of Acts. They are in action. And the Lord spoke to Philip, and he said, I want you to go out to a certain place. It's kind of an intersection of roads outside in the desert, so to speak, outside of, just outside of Jerusalem. And so he obeyed. You always need to obey the Lord. It's like, really? You want me to go stand out there? But he went and obeyed. And all of a sudden, a chariot came by pretty slow. And in that chariot was an Ethiopian eunuch. And he's reading scripture aloud. And then Philip knew what his assignment was. So he ran up and he caught up with the chariot and he said, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, how can I unless somebody helps me? And so he crawled up in the chariot with him and he taught him Christ throughout the scriptures that he was reading. Led him to Jesus and then baptized him. Now just a little side note, that Ethiopian eunuch carried the gospel back to Ethiopia, which in church, church history, that's the first place of strong churches, was in Ethiopia. Incredible. Well, then we pick up here. He just baptized him. Now, when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord, here we go, caught Philip away so that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. Watch this. But Philip was found at... Azotus, it's also called Ashdod. Other translations say Philip found himself. He found himself suddenly in Azotus, and passing through, he preached in all the cities until he came to Caesarea. So imagine this. The Lord tells you, go out and do something. You do it. The guy gets saved, gives his heart to Jesus, baptizes him, and then as soon as you finish, you find yourself, you ready for this? 19 miles away. It's 19 miles away. This is kind of a horizontal rapture, okay? Ours is going to be this way. He's just like, suddenly he's, can you imagine that? Now, how many of you know if that happened to you, you would serve Jesus the rest of your life, wouldn't you? <laughs> wouldn't you? I mean, there'd be no question about it. And so, incredible. That's a type of the rapture as well. Look with me in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Now, I'm kind of jumping into a passage here that talks a lot about this. And I just wanted to pull something out for you here. It says, in a moment, everybody say, in a moment. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, these are two descriptors trying to tell us how this is working. At the last trumpet, we read about that in 1 Thessalonians 4, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. So glorification has happened. Change is happening to their bodies, the dead, and to our bodies, okay? So in a moment, though, and this is what I wanted to look at. In a moment is the Greek word atomo, atomo, A-T-O-M-O. -O. The root word there is atom, A-T-O-M, like an atom. 
And what it means is an atom of time, an atom of time. It's saying this is such a small uh, measurement of time, it can't be further divided. It's super fast, just like super fast. And then it's described again as in the twinkling of an eye. The New International Version says, in a flash, in a flash. Y'all, this is quick. <laughs> this is quick. This is going to be awesome. Now, as we teach this, we have to make sure we're lining it all right and setting it out apart because there has been confusion, and it's because people run some things together. So I want to distinguish some, some things out. There are actually two events that I want to distinguish. So first, you, first of all, you have the rapture that we're talking about, to be caught up, and it's what? It's fast. It's really, really fast. And this is when Jesus comes for the believers, okay? So he comes from heaven in the clouds. We're caught up in an instant, and so that's the rapture. And a lot of people confuse that with a second event, and the other event is, is this, the second coming. And in the second coming, he comes with us. So he takes us to heaven for a period of time. I'll get there in a second. And then he brings us back with him, and we'll be wearing white robes, and we'll be on horses. I'm not that good with horses, but I will be then. <laughs> this is custom-made for Marion County, y'all. Come on. <laughs> Rapture Central here. All right. Now, all the signs of Scripture, and this is where some people confuse it, all the signs pointing to, and when you see this, and when you see this, and when you see this, are for the second coming. There are no signs for the rapture. No sign. This is a signless event because God wanted to keep it a secret. He wants it to be a surprise. We'll see it a little more in just a moment. We're still to be looking for it, though. We're still to be eagerly anticipating the rapture. Amen. Amen. This is our blessed hope. So the rapture is very stealth. This is sudden. It is a surprise. It is a secret. The second coming is very, very public. The Bible tells us that every eye, everybody will see the second coming and you and I on horses. <laughs> the rapture of the saints takes place. I'll show you in just a second. This takes place. He takes us back to heaven with him. There's some things that will be happening on the earth. There'll be some things that are happening in heaven. And then we come back with him. He will descend to the earth with us. He's going to take care of the mess, y'all. And then he's going to set up a thousand-year reign of peace. This is incredible. So, you might be sitting here today, or I've had these questions before brought to me. Wow, pastor, I like you. You're a pretty nice guy, but come on. This is a little fantastical. This is a little unreal. And I get that. I get that, but you have to remember we're dealing with God, okay? So this is supernatural. This is above natural. And it's okay to have questions, okay? It's okay to have that. It's okay because this is beyond what we can really comprehend. That's why we're called believers. But I would also caution you because one of the signs of the last days is scoffers. 
and you don't want to be numbered among the scoffers who say, well, that can't be that. Never got, if, you know, when in doubt, hush your, hush your mouth, okay? And just kind of wait it out a little. The other thing is some people say, okay, you don't really believe this, do you? Yes, I do. Can I explain it to you? No. But hang on. Just hang on and get ready. And, and, and I've said this to people before. Okay, you're saying, you're saying, what if it's not real? And I want to say to you, what if it is real? Would you want to miss this? I don't think you will. I don't think you'll want to, to miss this. So, here's, here's where it boils down. If, if you can believe that Jesus came, that Jesus died for our sins, and that he rose again from the, from the dead, if you can believe that, you should be able to believe this. And that's the key, is that we are believing this. And I want to say this to you very strongly. This is not escape theology. There's some bad stuff coming down the pike. We don't want to be here for that. We don't want to be here. You know, some of the things we're seeing in our world today, just a taste, just just little taste. Some of the chaos and pain and, and so forth that would be going on in the world. You don't want to be here for this. And so we want to make sure that we're ready, certainly for, certainly for this. And um, if you can believe Jesus came, died for your sins, rose again from the dead, you should be able to believe this. Amen? So this is, I started to say, this is not an escape theology. This is actually a hustle theology. Anybody ever told you to hustle up? It's like, get with it. Get some energy. Look alive. Let's go. Let's move. Let's, let's, let's be about this. And that's what this is, is, hey, y'all, this is our blessed hope. Let's look alive. Let's get busy with our days and with, and with what God has called us to do in these days that we live. Can I get an amen today? Amen. Now, every few years, I go back and I study this just for myself. And it's because I want to make sure of some things. I don't want to just believe something just because I was told as a kid. I don't want to believe something just because I read it in, in a book or so. I want to make sure. And, and I say this with the right heart. At, at my place in life, I feel I have the best grip and the clearest view and understanding of, of Scripture than I've ever had. And I, I think I have a good grasp. It's just clearer to me than ever before about God's whole big plan of redemption. And, and I don't know everything about it all, but I, it's just more clear to me. I, I'm more confident about it than ever before. And so I want to say to you this morning, more than ever, more than ever, I believe, I'm convinced that Scripture teaches a pre-tribulation rapture of the believers. And not only do I believe it, I seriously believe it. And, and I'm going to be laying it out for you this week and the next week, and I, I won't rule out that next week. You know, I'm going to lay out for you why we can believe that and have confidence in that. And more than just really, really believing it, guess what? I really hope so, too, you know? So let's look at a, a number of things. I want to show you a chart, a timeline. And so we've got the ages past, and we've got the ages to come. We know that God is forever eternal. He's 
He was, he is, he is to come, okay? We have four pivotal events in human history. We've got the creation, the flood, the first coming, and by first coming, the coming of Jesus, virgin birth, prophecy fulfilled, his life, his teachings, his ministry, his miracles, his death, his resurrection, first coming. And then the fourth one would be the second coming as, as, as the biggie. You could arguably say include the rapture as well. Interesting thing about those four pivotal events, New Age and modern age thinking and teaching try to deny all of those. They try to deny that there ever was a creation. We've got another story for you. They think that the flood was a fairy tale. The first coming of Jesus, well, he might have been. He's probably just a good guy and a good teacher, but, you know, that's it. And the second coming, you got to be kidding me. And so that's what our modern thought does. Let's not give up creation, flood, first coming, second coming, and now today we're talking about the rapture. I want you to note where we are. All of this is divided, and I'll talk more about it next week, into what are called dispensations. Am I boring, y'all? Okay. Dispensations. Dispensations are ages or periods of time, okay? And we're in the sixth dispensation or period of time. It's called the church age. This is the age of the church. I actually prefer to even call it the dispensation of grace, of grace. Anybody thankful for God's grace? For by grace are you saved through faith, not of works. It's a gift of God, lest any man should boast. And so we're in this time, and the age of grace or the church age will end. It's about to end when the rapture takes place. And it's not just, okay, that's over, time's up. It's also the end of grace, okay, as far as on the earth for a period of time. And so then the rapture takes place. Notice Jesus comes down. We meet him in the air. We go back up into heaven. There are some events that are going to take place up here we'll talk about. And then on the earth, great tribulation, total lawlessness, decay of everything wonderful will happen in the earth for seven years. At the end of that seven years, here's the second coming. Here you are in your white robe and on a horse following Jesus. And we come back, and that's when he, has, he will take care of the mess, establishes a thousand-year reign of peace, and we can talk about some of those other things later. Pretty exciting stuff. Amen. Well, two questions I want to address before we get out of here. When will it happen? When will it happen? I have two answers for you. First of all, no one knows. No one knows. Second answer to when will this happen? Just before great tribulation. Okay? That's all we know of when it will happen. Why? Because God doesn't want you to know. This is a secret. This is a surprise. Um, look with me in, in Matthew chapter 24. Matthew 24. Jesus, this, these are the words of Jesus. But about that day or hour, come on, y'all. No one knows. Watch, it's getting serious now. Not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. So let me just tell you, if some Yahoo on TV or on the Internet tries to tell you, I know when it is, do not believe them. And look at me. And do not send them money. Okay? And if you listen to them more than about five, ten minutes, you're going to see they're selling a book. Okay? And think of the audacity 
Only the Father and they know. We have bypassed the Son, Jesus. We have bypassed the angels of God. So don't fall for it. Don't fall for it. And nor get involved in trying to predict who the Antichrist is. Okay? And if anybody tells you they know, they don't know. Let's keep reading. Go ahead. As it was in the days of Noah, and we'll talk about this in depth next week, Noah and the ark is the biggest, most clear type and shadow out of the Scripture that gives us a picture of the what and why of, of the rapture. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be in the, in, at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing. They knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. This is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken. Is it quick? I said, is it quick? Super quick. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other will be left. Two women will be grinding with a handmill. One will be taken and the other will be left. It's just illustrating here for you. Therefore, come on, everybody. Keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known of what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch, kept watch, and would not have let his house be broken into. It's an illustration. So also, so you also must, come on. You got to be ready. Be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Is that all of that? Good. All right, I got it. Look back in verse 42 in the Amplified Bible. Watch. Come on, watch. Watch, therefore, give strict attention, be cautious and active, for you do not know in what kind of day, whether near or remote, uh, a near or remote one, your Lord is coming. So we don't know. We don't know. Don't mess with that. Just be ready. That's what he said, because the rapture is sudden, The rapture is unexpected, so we are to live ready. Live ready. It's a secret, y'all. How many of you have ever told a secret to somebody before? And it got out. How many somebody told you a secret? And you slipped or you were too excited or what? Come on. So you think God's going to... Nobody knows but the Father, okay? Also, let me throw in, incidentally, that only a pre-tribulation view of this actually compels and motivates us to stay ready. And over and over, we're told to stay ready. The other views, it's almost like, why be ready? Why does it even matter? And so I think even the nature of that is counter to the idea that this will be a pre-tribulation. And again, not an escape theology. This is a hustle theology. One last question this morning. So what do we do? What do we do? We're to get ready and live ready. We're to get busy and live busy. This is not a time to worry. This is actually, you should take comfort, great comfort from this. Watch, work, wait, witness. I'm going to give you two very old-fashioned sounding words, but they're not. This is all about holy living and evangelism. 
It's about just living the way that God wants you to live, not so caught up in the world that you're not living the way that God would want you to live. We've read plenty of scripture already this morning that pointed you right back to that. Come on, just, just live God's way. And then evangelism. What is evangelism? It's to share the good news. It is to spread the good news because we want others to not miss out on this as well. Look in Philippians chapter 4, verse 5. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. This typically gets lifted out of context, but watch this. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do, that you are gentle, that you are kind, that you are patient, that you are considerate in all you do. Why? What's the context? Remember. Come on, y'all. It's because the Lord is coming. So what are we to be doing? Scaring people, being mean, judging folks, holding up signs. No, no. We're to be considerate in all that we do. Why? Because the Lord is coming. Y'all, the Lord is coming. So you better be nice. You better be patient and kind and considerate to folks. Act like Jesus' kids, all right? Remember the Lord is coming. And let me prove to you this is not a time to get fearful. Where are we here? Philippians 4, 5. If you know your Bible, do you know the next verse? It's Philippians 4, 6. The Lord is coming. The Lord is coming. Therefore, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God that passes all understanding shall guard your hearts and guard your minds in Christ Jesus. This is not a time to fear. This is a time to have comfort. And then in Mark chapter 13, I'm going to read a little passage for you. But of that day... And this is, again, the words of Jesus. But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Let me interject this real quick. In Acts chapter 1, Jesus is resurrected. He's spending 40 days. That's almost six weeks with his disciples. It says he's teaching them the things of the kingdom. He's answering questions. He's connecting all the dots. You saw me for three, three and a half years, this and this and this. Let me explain something to you because you're about to take this to the whole world. And so he gets to a place. They start to ask him questions. I know I would. And in Acts chapter 1, they ask him a, a, a couple of questions, and Jesus said this. Listen, and this directly ties with this. He said, it is not for you to know the times or seasons of the things that God holds in his own authority. And if you know your Bible, that's Acts 1-7. Do you know what Acts 1-8, next verse says? But you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you'll be my witnesses wherever you you go. All right? Let's go ahead to the next verse. Take heed, watch, and pray, for you do not know when the time is. It is like a man going to a far country who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to each his work and commanded uh, the doorkeeper to watch. Watch, therefore, for you do not know when the master of the house is coming, in the evening, at midnight, at the crowing of the rooster, or in the morning. Lest Coming suddenly, he finds you sleeping. And I say to you, I say to all, come on, everybody, watch. Watch, stay awake, be alert, not in anxiety, not in fear, not wringing your hands. Folks, listen, watch, be ready, live this life for God, share good news with others, not in anxiety, not in fear. This is called our blessed hope. This is our eager anticipation. This is what we're 
looking for as our blessed hope. Now, let me give you just two handles to just kind of hold on here because, you know, what do we do with this? You know, it's like, Pastor, I just got my kitchen painted right and my, and my garden's looking good. What do we do this? How, I promise you, those things won't even matter if, if, you, if you get caught up out of here, all right? I heard these years ago, and these just helped me as some handles to how, how do we handle this. And next week, we're going to talk a lot more about this. Make sure you're here. So here we go. Live your life like it could happen at any moment. Live your life like this could happen at any moment. Live your life like it could happen at any moment. So be gentle. Be considerate. Be diligent. This is hustle. Let's do this. And be, and be awesome at what you're doing. Realize you're an ambassador representing the Lord. And just remember, you live it like it could happen at any moment, because it could. But we're not the first ones looking for it to happen. Paul was in Scripture. Peter was. I think we're closer than ever. I honestly do, obviously, because time's rolling on. But if it doesn't happen in our lifetime, then go ahead and look at this next part. Plan your life. Plan your life like it could be another hundred years. You know, there have been times past, even in my lifetime, where people decided, let's run up our credit cards because Jesus is coming. Let's quit our jobs because Jesus is coming. I'm not kidding you. This is how foolish it can get. We'll stop doing that, stop doing that, stop that, because Jesus is coming. It doesn't matter. That is foolish, and that is counter to what Jesus said. Jesus said, occupy till I come. It literally means do business. Be diligent till I come. Put your hand to the plow. I think it's okay to look up to the sky now and then. You know, I walked out this morning, it was still dark, and there were just stars up in the cloud when I walked out to my vehicle to left, and I'd, I'd been up since a little before four this morning and just praying over this message and, and, and asking the Lord to help us today. And I just looked up, and I just thought, I had the saying, Lord, could it be today? Could it be today? I thought, let me get through services today. We'll always have something. Oh, I got dessert waiting. Let me get through that, you know. But hey, live your life like it could happen at any moment. But listen, go ahead, plan your life. Yeah, I got grandbabies. I'm thinking, Lord, what about my grandbabies? Have your grandbabies. Have your kids. Going to go back to school? Go back to school. Going to start a business? Do it. Whatever you're doing, do it. And do it with all your might. But just know on the inside, there's a blessed hope. One day there's something way, 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 way better than all this. And whether we die or fly, we're out of here one day. And if he comes in this way, we don't want to miss it. This is our blessed hope. Amen. I heard somebody the other day, I was was reading, he said, Jesus is coming. Look busy. All right. Did y'all get anything at all out of this today? Thank you, Lord.